Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Is your child asking questions on their homework that you don't feel equipped to answer? Is your child just struggling with a specific subject or need help with their homework? If you're dealing with any of these issues, you could maybe benefit from IXL. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. And it's so cost-effective. A single hour of tutoring costs more than a month of IXL. I could have totally used IXL when I was in grade school. I was always having trouble with my homework. Ugh, I wish I had this when I was a kid. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How To Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com fine. Visit IXL.com fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. IXL.com fine. Hello, and welcome to How to Be Fine. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I am Jalanta Greenberg. In each episode of How to Be Fine, we weigh in on what's happening in the world of happiness, health, and betterment. And we offer a bit of advice around those subjects to those who want it. Full disclosure, we are not psychologists or psychiatrists or pharmacists, but we are experienced self-help critics. We've lived by the rules of nearly 100 self-help books for our other podcast, By the Book, right here in this feed. So we've tried on almost every kind of wellness trend out there. And besides, we are not here promising to make you like the best, most stupendous, richest, happiest version of yourself. If all goes well, we'll just help you get a little closer to fine. Alrighty, Jalenta, we have a couple of great advice letters to get to later in the show. We love our advice seekers. But first, as usual, we're kicking things off with our hot topic. Take it away. All right. Today's hot topic is bullet journals. Uh, good old bullet journals. I have thoughts on bullet journals, but it's not time <laughs> for me to share my thoughts on bullet journals, Jalenta. Not yet. Let's just get into it. Let's talk about your relationship with bullet journals. Let's talk about what bullet journals are. Yes. Bullet journaling and I go way back. Those of us in the community call it a bujo. I'm a bit of a bujo cujo, if you will. <laughs> I've been using one for years at this point, And bullet journals are basically just a fancy notebook where you kind of make your own to-do list slash day planner. 
And you might be seeing a lot of sort of fancy kind of like calligraphy videos or like minimalistic hipster writing pictures on Instagram and TikTok. Those are usually bullet journals, that sort of handmade day planner, like writing out the letters of a month really stylistically. All those are bullet journal videos. And a lot of folks out there, I'm sure at various points in their lives, had date books, had day planners. They've been around for decades. Totally. Can you just be a little bit more specific about how a bullet journal is different than that? Totally. So uh, according to the bullet journals creator, Ryder Carroll, who says in his book, The Bullet Journal Method, Track the Past, Order the Present, Design the Future, (laughs) the bullet journal method will help you accomplish more by working on less. It helps you identify and focus on what is meaningful by stripping away the meaningless. So that's really vague. Wow. I don't even know what that means. It does more. (laughs) It's a space for more than just I have science homework that I need done by this day or like gym class at this time. It's a like whole way of life. Let me explain how like bullet journals came to be. Maybe that will help us get a better feel for them. Yes, that would be helpful. So Ryder Carroll is a New York-based digital product designer, and he struggled with ADD his whole life. As a kid, he noticed that he could not keep himself organized or focused the way his classmates did, and he wanted to fix this. So for years, he fine-tuned a to-do list sort of day planner way to use a blank notebook. And he kept using this sort of notebook technique into adulthood. And eventually a colleague of his, when he was working at a design firm, asked to learn his method while she was doing some wedding planning. And he taught it to her and more and more people wanted to figure out his method. And he named it bullet journaling because of the bullet pointed list involved in the technique. And eventually in 2013, he made a video explaining how to bullet journal. And that kind of swept the internet and took it by storm. So can you explain what are these bullets? What exactly is this method? So I'm going to do my best to explain this as succinctly as possible because it is involved. It is involved. (laughs) In its most basic sense, it is a to-do list technique involving a series of lists that you can put into any blank notebook you desire. And people use like dotted grid notebooks. They use graph paper notebooks. They use lined notebooks. They use completely blank page notebooks. It's up to you. But once you get a notebook, first you make an index in the front of your notebooks. It's just a few pages that you sort of set aside as a table of contents. And it's mostly blank because you fill it out as you go, like a table of contents. So you can sort of reference it and go to pages later. And this means you have to number your pages if you have a notebook that doesn't come numbered, which which a lot of them don't. That can be tedious. So after the index comes the future log, and this is a list of upcoming things you have to do and important dates, usually organized by month, sort of a year at a glance, if you will. Then you do a monthly log for the month that you're in, where you list out all the current month's important dates and tasks. After that, you do a weekly or daily log, depending on what your style is and how in-depth you want to go. So you either have a page dedicated 
to each week where you get even more in-depth and sort of organize things by day, tasks, appointments, thoughts, or you do a page per day where you really break things down, where perhaps you do an hourly sort of to-do list. Then when the month's over, Kristen, you have to make another monthly and weekly log or daily log again. So every month you're doing a monthly and a daily or weekly. So, so far what you're telling me is pretty much everything that a date book already has, a place to put in your weekly, monthly, and daily stuff. Right, right. I don't really understand why Why? this instead of the date book. The appeal is this is customizable. You don't have to have it broken down by time if you don't want. And that's how a lot of day planners break it down. Or you can do it in ways that work for your brain visually more. You can make like little circles for each day. That might sort of help you visualize like what you have to do for the day more than like the lines and and columns and such that are common in day planners. So it's the customizable aspect plus the creativity aspect. People like to add lots of embellishments and sticker or like flowery hand lettering for different months and different seasons. And it can sort of change with you, with your mood, with what's happening in the world. And you can sort of decorate it accordingly, almost like scrapbook style. Got it. And hold on, did we get to why the bullets are bullets yet? No, no, Kristen, (laughs) we are not done even explaining how this works. It's a good question, but we have not gotten to the bullet points of the bullet journal yet. (laughs) Let me get to those right now. (laughs) So within your weekly log, your daily log, your future log, your monthly log, you are listing things out in bullet pointed lists. But in bullet journaling, there is a special notation system for those bullet points called rapid logging. And it's called that because it's supposed to be quick to do and really quick to sort of glance at and understand. And here's how this works. First, you have your traditional bullet point. That represents a task that needs to be done. That's easy. We've all seen that. A bullet point. It's like a little dot. Just your little dot. Sort of like midway in your little writing area. It's not on the bottom. That's that's a period. It's a bullet point, you know? <laughs> and so once you've completed that task, that little bullet point, you just make an X over the bullet point. So now you'll see an X instead of a dot. That's pretty easy at a glance. You're like, oh, that's done. Then if the task has been moved to another day in that month, That's called a migrated task. And for that, you put a greater than symbol over the bullet point. Migrated. Migrated. So that's if like, actually, that meeting got moved to tomorrow. I'll put a greater than symbol that's sort of at the point is the dot. So you don't see the dot anymore. And so now at a glance, I see that symbol and I'm like, oh, that got moved sometime like probably this week or month. Got it. Then for tasks that have been moved to another month, Those are called scheduled tasks. And for those, you put a less than symbol over the bullet point. This is a whole other language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, (laughs) it's a notation system. And there are other things too. So for things that you want to include in your list that aren't task oriented, because this is still like a day planner slash journal, you know, you can put your thoughts in it that you've had that day or that month or just in general or, you know, exciting upcoming events. So for those, you substitute your bullet point dot out with either a dash or a circle. Dashes are for notes and thoughts that you just need to jot down. And circles are for events like meetings and parties. 
Okay. You've been very clear and concise with all of this, but I still don't think I remember anything you just told me because that's so much to take in, Jolenta. This is so much. When I started bullet journaling, I had a key that I could reference near my index. And it was like a key that I would flip to and be like, wait, what's the symbol for this? What's the symbol for that? Like it was a learning curve. Yeah, but you weren't just doing symbols because I remember looking over your shoulder sometimes and I'm Mm. like, there is way more going on here than just symbols. There's different colors. There's other things happening in all of this. I had stuff color coded, especially when we were doing two shows at once. I'll have to-do list task items that are either highlighted like blue or pink. And I'll be like, oh, pink is how to be fine. Blue is like for this upcoming project. And you can get really in-depth in these lists. And I swear it has changed my life. Although it was like learning a a bit of another language. And I think it really helps people who are visual learners. At least it does for me. And I, I identify as a visual learner because you can tailor make your layout in a way that works for your brain. And you can try different ways, you know, because buying a day planner, you're sort of committing to one way for the rest of the year. And you can be like, oh, like little blobs with my days that are colored pink don't work. But, you know, putting each day on a page really helps me keep track of it. Plus, for me, I find it to be a great creative outlet. You know, you can do drawing, calligraphy, hand lettering, and There's a kind of a fun, booming community to interact with online. There is so much inspiration you can draw from. There are countless blogs and like groups you can interact with, Instagram accounts dedicated to like different layout designs you can make. And it's a fun, unique way to sort of streamline keeping all your tasks and thoughts in one place. So I like it. Okay. So even though it's extremely complicated, and requires its own key for you to look at and reference all the time. I don't use the, the key anymore because <laughs> it's been years, okay? <laughs> but despite that, you have found it to be pleasurable and useful. Right. It's a way to like trick myself into being organized and creative at the same time. That makes sense. Plus, I do see the value of anything that creates some community is always appealing to me. Right, right. But Kristen... There are downsides, as (laughs) as you keep alluding to. (laughs) Am I making it that obvious? (laughs) Clearly, the number one thing that sucks about bullet journaling is how involved it is. Like I said, there is a steep learning curve, and it takes time to even figure out what kind of like handwriting you want to use and commit to. It also takes a lot of trial and error to figure out which kind of layouts and logs work for you. And it just takes time, like some time that a lot of people don't have to dedicate to something that's supposed to be a productivity tool in the long run. Yeah. I'm saving all this time by spending 10 hours with my journal every day. Right, right. (laughs) And also just the practice of it can become sort of daunting or annoying. There have been times where I've had really detailed weekly layouts that sort of look like a calendar style where I might as well have bought a day planner where starting a new week or new month felt daunting and not like an exciting new project Mm. to sort of doodle with. It felt like another job I had to do just to list all the tasks I was going to do for my job. It was a lot. Yeah. Then there's the cost, Kristen, because most of the recommended tools and whatnot are expensive. The notebooks like the Loistrom 1917 and Moleskin cost around $20. All of the writing instruments, sets of Tombow brush pens, Faber-Castell fine liners, zebra midliner highlighters, 
all those sets of pens and markers cost like $10 to $50. And then there's Ryder Carroll, the Bujo creator himself. He offers online classes that cost up to $249 (gasps) and a membership to his online community that's like $9.99 a month. So that has a hint of scamminess on top of just the expensiveness of the supplies if you're getting like the high end shit. Ooh, that's not a hint of scamminess. That sounds like just straight up scamminess to me. To me, it does. Right. No, and it is wild because when I discovered bullet journaling, it was sort of this little like niche way to keep organized. And he had sort of one pretty in-depth explainer video that I think is still up, but like has been edited a bit that just laid it all out and everything was free. And it was just a few blogs and Instagram accounts. And now it's like, in order to really understand, you have to pay almost $300. It's like, and he already wrote a book like he's making money. Can't I check that out at the library for free? (laughs) Plus, now there are like custom, like pre-made branded bullet journals where it's like, let me lay it out myself. Hmm. Kind of like full circle going back to a date book. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And also there's the issue that we run into so often with anything involving betterment. Things can get blamey. Ah, yeah. Because there are endless ways to sort of lay out your different spreads. There is an undertone in lots of the blogs and sort of expert advice That basically is saying, you know, if it's not working for you, you're doing it wrong. You haven't tried enough different layouts. You haven't just worked hard enough to find what works for you or figure out your brain. You just need to put in 600 more hours into trying to make this work. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, or just it doesn't vibe with you and it's fine. But there's that undertone of you're lazy, essentially, if it's not working for you. Yeah. Just try harder and buy another class. Yeah. And there's another issue with bullet journals that is pretty big. So something that people often include in bullet journaling is habit tracking. There's like a habit tracker page or there are different spreads where you can make like little different boxes for every day or week and like cross stuff off once you complete it. And people track and log everything from daily steps, water consumption, completed books, calorie consumption, basically anything and everything that can be tracked has been. Oh, God, Jolanta, you know my thoughts on tracking. Tracking can be very, very, very unhealthy for people like me. Right. And you are not alone. It can be dangerous to people who are prone to any sort of perfectionism or any sort of compulsivity disorder. For some, habit tracking with the sort of endless possibilities can lead to increased stress, obsessive or intrusive thoughts, anxiety, depression, overexertion if you're trying to meet like certain exercise goals, obviously disordered eating, and even suicidal ideation just from all of the stress and like sort of feelings of failure that can kind of stare you in the face if you're not like completing what you're what you're tracking. And the bullet journal can become a tool to help hold yourself up to like impossible standards, which is damaging and not inspiring or motivating. And and it kind of makes you less productive because you're stressed out, defeating the whole purpose of a bullet journal. Ah, uh, yes. So there are a lot of downsides, clearly, to bullet journaling. Yes, obviously. And I appreciate you looking into this, Jolenta, because to me, it sounds kind of like you set out to kill your baby by researching all of this. And I know you put a lot of research into this. You are, I mean, at least you have been up until today, probably the biggest 
bullet journal enthusiast I've known. Right. I'm curious, how do you feel about bullet journals now after all of this research that you've done? Well, Kristen, I feel a little relieved, but also like I still like them. Mm. I'm relieved that in researching this, I am like, oh, there are reasons that sometimes this or that sort of tracking thing stressed me out and made me like angry at myself and the bullet journal. And it wasn't because I was just an angry failure. (laughs) It's because it was a reminder like staring me in the face every time I opened my day planner, basically. But overall... I still like it. It still works for me. But also what works for me is like the tedious way is what I've learned. And I think Kristen's noticed this (laughs) in working with me. Like I don't work fast and smart always. I work slow and interestingly. (laughs) Like for me, bullet journaling is sort of an elevated version of these like elaborate paisley designs I would draw in the margins of like all the notes I took in class in college and high school. I didn't know this at the time, but it was basically an ADHD coping mechanism. I sort of kept myself occupied with one other thing that I could put my focus on whenever I sort of like drifted and I'd be like, oh, go to your designing and then like be like, oh, go back to the notes. It sort of helped keep my focus in line. And in a way, bullet journaling does the same thing. It's it's a time for me to sit down and sort of like doodle, but also focus on like what I have coming up this week so I don't forget like any meetings or anything and sort of help set in stone in my mind while I have that extra sort of creative element to to sort of flit back and forth from. But that being said, Kristen, I can get caught in the perfectionism trap. I recorded an audio diary in honor of by the book and for our <laughs> listeners who missed that. And I recorded myself making my weekly spread this Sunday. I just do a weekly spread that gives me sort of my upcoming appointments that I need to remember. And I thought this audio diary was going to illustrate how much fun I was having, but it caught something else instead. Sometimes I do wonder if bullet journaling makes me do things in a very tedious way that are unnecessary because I just spent probably a full hour delicately whiting out some stuff I wrote for Monday that's supposed to go on Tuesday. It had to happen, otherwise the week layout wouldn't be right. Um, Update on the bullet journal, it's been another hour. I decided I can't even handle the whited out portion, so I ripped out the whole page and I'm just redoing it. So this will probably have taken me three hours total. Oh, Jolenta. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the bullet journal. With me and my bullet journal. (laughs) No, like as you can hear, it took too long and even I get stuck in sort of the tedium of like, it needs to look good. Otherwise, like it's not a good day planner where it's like, no, it could have been fine if I just like crossed out the line with a black pen. But that perfectionism caught hold and like in the back of my mind I'm probably somewhere thinking about like those perfect Instagram bujos I've seen and I'm like no it cannot be (laughs) but I'm still doing it like I still redid it and I'm fine with it and I'm gonna do it next Sunday too what about you Kristen have you ever tried it and would you I know you like a day planner I used to love my day planners I started using a day planner when I was in junior high or middle school as some parts of the country call it to keep track of my classes, 
my activities, my teams I was on, my jobs. Starting when I was 12, I always had jobs, whether it was babysitting or working at Hardware Hanks or waiting tables or, you know. So I needed to keep track of all of my schedules. And then, of course, every quarter or every semester in school, my classes were at different times in different rooms. So yeah, I loved my date books for years and years and years. I diligently used date books and I loved them. And then there was a certain point in my life where people started to kind of, I don't want to say ridiculed me, but they would be like, catch up with the times. Everybody's using like Google calendars now. Everybody's using Google Docs. Everybody needs to share this information with you. And every Mm. time you write it down in your little date book, you just have to type it up again to share it with somebody else who then sends you a calendar invite. And you're creating twice as much work just by having these date books. So why are you doing this? And eventually I was like, you know what? You're right. I will just switch over to all these Google Docs. And it makes it easier. I can just copy and paste something from my to-do list that I didn't do today and put it on tomorrow's to-do list. And I don't have to like cross everything out and write a whole new list. I just copy and paste. Much easier. I can invite yeah. or uninvite people to meetings. It cuts down on a lot of time organizing things. So, you know, I am a Luddite, but I do eventually use the tools that are available to me when when I am ready and not scared of those tools anymore. Much like my smartphone, as you know, Jolenta, I was probably the last person you know to ever get one. Yes, yes. But eventually I did, and it's a very useful tool, and I'm glad I have it now. So it takes me a little while sometimes to get with the times with technology. Part of that is my own thriftiness. I don't like to spend money on something that's brand new and glitzy and who knows how well it's going to work. And, you know, the price is going to be way too high for the first few years. This new product is out. The product price will drop once it's out for a few years. So I'm kind of a Luddite. So I did get dragged in kicking and screaming into using electronic tools. And now that I use them diligently, people have now reversed on me and tried to drag me out. Ah, We've done the switcheroo. Like, why don't you use bullet journals? Kristen, you're a really creative person. Didn't you used to go to art school when you were younger? And, you know, you have great penmanship. Why aren't you doing this? You're such an organized person. This is a great way to use your organization and your creativity at once. And now I'm just mad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First, you all were dragging me, kicking and screaming into the electronic age. And now you're telling me that I'm doing it wrong again. And then, as you know, Jolenta, we already alluded to this. I don't do well with a fixation on ways to optimize my life, tracking myself, tracking my food, tracking my weight, tracking my productivity, all of these kinds of tracking things that are encouraged in the bullet journal community. Those just aren't good for me. No, no. And they they can really trigger compulsivity and negative thoughts in people. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to yuck anybody else's yum. If this is something that really works for you, I'm happy it works for you. So even though I may sound like I'm, I'm hating on this, I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying this is not something good for me. And we want to know, listeners, what do you think about bullet journals? Do you have one? Are you starting one? Have you quit bullet journaling? I want to hear from you. Oh, yeah. I want to hear about the quitters. Yeah. Write to us at our Facebook group, which is private, but always very lively. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Kristen and Jalenta. Or you can email us directly at Kristen and at gmail.com. You can also use those ways to contact us if you want some advice. And speaking of which, coming up, we hear from a letter writer whose dating life is falling short. Hi. 
Ross has all the spring deals you want, so you can say yes to more looks for you and your budget. Tube tops for less? Yes. Dad shorts for the weekend? Yes. Mini skirts for less than online? That's a yes for you and your bank account. Find your certified yes for me moment and save 20 to 60% off department store prices every day at Ross. Hurry in for spring deals today. Items and styles vary by store. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, everyone. We are back with our first letter of the day. Jolenta, take it away. All right. Our letter writer says, Dear Kristen and Jolenta, I'm usually wildly defensive about this topic, but I am in need of some out-of-the-box advice. I'm a single 48-year-old woman without kids. I'm pretty fantastic, fit, funny, caring, generous, financially secure. I'm an extrovert, and I think I might be slightly intimidating on dates. But I don't want to squelch myself either. I don't think I have unrealistic expectations, but I'm a tall girl, so the height of a man is still a bit of a sticking point for me. I'm asking for mate-seeking advice. I've gone on hundreds of dates with men, and I use all the apps, so I'm definitely putting myself out there. Oh, letter writer. First of all, congratulations. That's the first step, putting yourself out there. Also, you sound awesome. So just congrats on that. Yes, yes. We do actually hear from people from time to time who say, I can't get a date, but I won't use the apps. So (laughs) you're already a step ahead of some of the folks who write to us. Oh, for sure. Yes. My thoughts on the matter are always when it comes to dating, go where the singles are. And uh, in 2023, where are the singles? They're online. You know, they're not only online, but that's one of the places to go. So yeah. Like, they're still the grocery store, but, like, they're not advertising they're single there the way they are online. Yes, exactly, exactly. So congratulations on being amazing. Congratulations on using the tools out there. That being said, I have a bit of advice, and I bet you do too, Jolenta. Mm -hmm. Let's start with you. Okay, so letter writer, I too am a tall woman. I just had a physical yesterday and I'm still 5'11". Yes. A little bit over, but we just called it 5'11 even. And the struggle is real. I'm speaking for myself, but I know part of the reason I in the past have said I also only wanted to date taller guys is because I've had bad experiences with shorter ones. It feels horrible when you walk into a room with a shorter guy, whether he's a boss or a date, and he sort of like looks you up and down and he clocks that he's shorter than you. And all of a sudden there's this like wall or he's sort of fronting and you can tell like basically some men are threatened and suddenly they're kind of a cold dick to you because they feel like that makes them appear like more dominant or like taller in personality or something. And I do my best to avoid dealing with that kind of bullshit because it sucks. And it's like it's a very weird vibe that you get once in a while as a tall woman where you can feel a man like turn off to you, not even just like 
like in attraction wise, but just connection wise. Yeah. But that being said, Jolenta, we have to point out that even though you've had a few bad experiences with men shorter than you, you've had loads of great ones and your husband is shorter than you. Exactly. There's the rub, Kristen. <laughs> I am married to a guy who would say he is 5'9", which is a lie. He's shorter than that. I'd say like 5'7 and a half, 5'8". 5'8". Let's say 5'8". But, you know, there's a distinctive height difference. And if I put on heels, it's like almost a comical height difference. But he brings it with the personality. And like, I'm still attracted to him. So like, why not? And truly, I had in my like dating apps, almost advertising, I only wanted to date tall guys when I ended up hooking up with my husband. And I basically had a friend sit me down when she found out we were hooking up and I was like, but it's gross. It can never last. Like, plus he's short. And she basically sat me down and she's like, does he not deserve love because of that? Because, like, if you have a connection, are you really going to say, like, that is why you wouldn't see what else could go on with that connection? That's going to be the one thing that's going to, like, end this relationship. And I was like, oh, shit, when you put it that way, it does seem a bit of a non-issue in the long run. And as a tall woman, I also know, like, sometimes gonna sound really sexist but you want to feel like a dainty fucking woman like in the arms of your man and shorter guy doesn't mean like a guy that can't make you feel sort of small or a guy that can't like throw down physically like my husband doesn't make me feel much bigger than him because he's got a big personality and he's like sort of a burly short guy you know yeah yeah I'm really glad you brought all of that up Jolenta because even though our letter writer sounds outstanding in some ways, the fact that she has this sticking point with height, you know, unfortunately, that sticking point leaves a lot of tall women single. A lot of tall women, if you're expecting to be with a man who is taller than average, that doesn't leave you a lot of options because there's a reason why averages are called average. Because there's just more people that fall under that category. Exactly, exactly. So trying to find somebody taller than average, there just aren't that many of them. There aren't. And it seems like an unnecessary sticking point to me. So I think your story is so helpful here, Jolenta, if our letter writer can get past that. And then maybe look at some other things on her list of expectations as well. Maybe there are a few others that maybe are unnecessary. Maybe there are certain things on the list that if you take a second look at them, you'll see, you know what? That doesn't have to be on that list anymore. It really doesn't. And I'm going to give some examples of things that might be useful to take off the to-do list. One of them is the distance from home. So I will say for myself, back in my wild dating days, for a long time, I only wanted to date other people in Brooklyn. And I was very specific about that because I'm like, oh, then I have to commute to them and this and that and yada, yada, yada. And then eventually I broadened out the distance and there was a while there I had a really great boyfriend in Jersey, for example, and I never thought I would date someone outside of Brooklyn, much less in another state, New Jersey. But I have many friends who they found success just by changing the distance that they would date. And by the way, the guy in Jersey, technically, as the bird flies, was only 10 miles away from me. He wasn't even that far, but it was just a mental block I had. And sometimes changing those things on your expectations list like that distance, like that height, like that income level, like that education level. Sometimes those things don't need to be on your list. So I would encourage you to not 
lower your expectations so much as maybe revisit them. Some of those expectations might not be necessary. Another thing I would consider, a letter writer, is in addition to the apps, to do activities and connect to people that way. One of my friends who is older than you, she is recently single in her 70s, she has found a lot of dates just by going to meetups for activities she enjoys. Those activities include park cleanups, hiking, book activities. And because they're connecting over activities, they already have a way to talk with each other. And they're all single lesbian meetups for women over 70. And there are single meetups for people who are of every sexual orientation and gender and so on out there. So um, my friend has had a ton of luck doing that. So I encourage that. Also, one other thing I would encourage you to do, letter writer, it may be the case that as great as you are, you may be feeling like, oh, this may never happen. Maybe there are times when you're losing hope. You say yourself that sometimes you're wildly defensive on this topic. Maybe cut yourself a break and remember that there are sometimes extenuating circumstances too. It's not because you're not trying hard enough or you're not pretty enough. Sometimes it just has to do with numbers. Like in New York, there are 11 women for every 10 men. So that's just the fact of the matter. Like this is a tough dating town if you are a woman who dates men. There just are not enough straight men for all the straight women in this town. And so look around, be gentle with yourself, keep that in mind. Maybe there's somebody in one town over where the ratios are different that you could, you know, put yourself out there for those folks in that town over. Maybe that's worth doing instead. But yeah, just look at the circumstances you're surrounded by and be gentle with yourself. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. Like, be gentle on yourself, focus on what you like and just sort of staying open and don't like put any pressure on yourself. Like, you sound awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, reminder, we love it when you rate and review us in your podcatcher. Give us those five stars, you know, or you can just say great show, whatever you want to say. We'll take it. (laughs) Coming up, we have a letter writer who's dealing with lots of special deliveries. Stay with us. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, we are back with our second letter of the day. Kristen, would you read this one, please? Yes. Our second letter writer says, Dear Kristen and Jolenta, our preemie triplets recently came home from the neonatal intensive care unit after six weeks. We have lots of people asking if we need anything or asking for updates on the babies. I'm very much a I'll-do-it-myself type of gal, so it's hard for me to ask for help. I never know what to tell these well-meaning people when they ask. I also feel like they want an invitation to come see the kids, something I'm not comfortable with yet since they're still so tiny and immunocompromised. Plus, 
I don't really want to host. So I guess my question is, what do I say to those asking us what we need? Should I just give them my grocery list? It feels so impolite to me to expect people to spend money on us. Wow. First of all, congratulations. That is incredible. Triplet preemies that needed some extra care in the hospital. You are a champion. Yes. Congratulations on your growing family and getting your babies home. That must be such a relief to have them home with you at this point. Yes. As for your question here, what do you do with all these people who are inquiring and so on? I have some advice, and I have a number of friends who have had babies who have been in the ICU over the years. So I actually have firsthand experience as a friend who has been on the other side of things. And first and foremost, I'm going to say to you, accept what they are offering and what they're asking about with love. They are not asking to be nosy. They are not asking because they expect you to entertain them. They are asking because they want you to know that they care about you. They want to know you and the babies are okay. That's why they're asking after you. They're not trying to be intrusive or ask you to throw a party for them. They are not doing that. I promise you. Anytime I have a friend with a baby, I am not secretly pining for them to throw me a dinner party. That is not what I'm doing when I'm asking them how they're doing. And I do not expect anything in return and neither do your friends or family. Trust me on this. They are just asking because they care about you. Totally. Second of all, when they ask what they can do to help you out, they really mean (laughs) it. And maybe you can ask one person who is maybe the hub of the wheel, meaning the one person in your group of friends who's most connected, and then ask one family member to maybe have a meal train. Um, There are different apps where you can coordinate meal trains online right now if you want to. And different people can go in there and offer you know, I will drop off a hot dish on Monday. Oh, I'll drop off some soup on Tuesday or whatnot. You can do that. Or that one friend of yours can say, you know what? So-and-so, she just would love it if people would send her a couple of gift cards for the grocery store. Right now, she's having a hard time getting out of the house to go to the grocery store. She would love some gift cards so she can order groceries. And just have that one friend do that. That's totally fine. Or that one family member. It's okay to have somebody be your messenger for you so you don't have to call all of your friends or all of your family members. That's what I've done with a number of my friends. And we were more than happy to all chip in for, you know, gift cards or for food delivery items and so on. That was something we were very happy to do. If you don't feel comfortable asking for that, you can also say that you could really use somebody to run some errands for you. Maybe it's too hard for you now to go out and fetch diapers. And you probably are using a lot of diapers in your house right now or a formula or whatever it is you need right now. And asking somebody to run errands, if they say, what can I do for you? And you say to them, it would mean so much to me if sometime this month you could do this one thing. Not a regular thing, but just like one time this month, if you could do that, I promised you, your friends would be so happy to help you out. They really, really would. You're not taking advantage of them. They asked if they could do something for you. And you can say, yes, I I would appreciate that. Thank you so much for offering. Right. Well, first of all, I have to say, if people are like really, truly hinting at wanting to see the babies, sometimes saying like, oh, the babies are immunocompromised. Like immunocompromised doesn't always like land on people right now because of how we've heard it so much with COVID. Like sometimes we think it just means like no COVID, please. But like you can remind them like it's doctor's orders because they have no immune system. They can't catch any bug whatsoever. So, you know, it's dangerous for them to have visitors like that's a pretty easy, 
out because like doctor's orders, people don't usually question it. Also, like Kristen was saying, tell the truth. Like if you're a mostly I'll do it myself type person, but do need some groceries, either have a friend like Kristen said, be a point person or you can be a point person and, you know, start a shared doc or use a meal train app, just listing some groceries you need for the week and people can check it off and drop it off as as they want. And again, you don't need to feel bad about people wanting to spend money on you. They're asking you what you need because they want to spend money on you. If they didn't, they wouldn't ask. There are probably people who haven't asked. That's because they don't want to spend the money. But the people who are coming out of the woodwork to be like, can I help? They're sincere. And you can trust that even though sometimes it's hard when you haven't needed that much help or wanted that much help in the past to all of a sudden be like, yep, give me the help coming from everywhere. But like you can trust that people are being sincere, like Kristen was saying. Otherwise, they wouldn't ask. So, yeah, if you feel like needing groceries isn't traditional, like compared to like wanting a casserole, like who cares? It's 2023. I think people would find a grocery list with snacks for you and like a pack of diapers, like to be very endearing and honest. Yeah. And um just one more thing about your friends helping you out. You say you're a do-it-yourself person. Sometimes do-it-yourself people, and I'm putting myself in this category here, Right. sometimes we alienate the people around us because we're always the ones in control. We're always the ones doing things. We're not ever making ourselves vulnerable. And the people around us maybe are being left out of our lives because we won't be vulnerable around them. This is a chance to be vulnerable and to be honest with your friends. And this is a chance for them to be of service. And a lot of people feel a great sense of connection with their loved ones when they get to be of service, when they get to lend a hand. So what you're doing is also giving a gift to them. They get to be there for you. Mm -hmm. And this is something it sounds like you don't usually let them do. Give them that gift. Let them be there for you. That's such a good point. That's what you're giving them in return. Not like a baby viewing necessarily, but just the feeling that like they helped you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're someone who doesn't usually ask for it. Like, so it must be extra special. Yeah. So take care of yourself. Take care of those beautiful babies. Get those groceries. Yep. And and remember to let people help you because they really want to. And that's it for this episode of How to Be Fine. Huge thank you to our production team at Stitcher. We love them. Our executive producer, Nora Ritchie. Our producer, Chantal Holder. And our composer slash engineer, Casey Holfer. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See you next week and stay fine. Stitcher. Building a stronger financial foundation? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. You'll learn how the tools in your financial plan reinforce each other to help you minimize taxes and offset potential risks. Grow your confidence by strengthening your finances today at northwesternmutual.com slash goodplan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.